If we look at like your your Targets, Walmarts, Costcos of the world, where they're going to remain busy, they are seen as a place of transaction. And then you look at experiential retail. You're listening to the Merged Marketing Podcast with David Louch and Jason Hunt. Our mission with this show is to discuss all things business, digital marketing, sales, and mindset. It's our hope to empower entrepreneurs to get the most from their efforts so that they can focus on what they do best. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to the Merge Marketing Podcast with Jay and I today. We are recording this on October 30th, so happy Hallows Eve, and we hope you have a great Halloween. Today, we're pleased to welcome Lisa to the show. Lisa is a seasoned retail industry expert with over 20 years of experience. She has end-to-end knowledge of retail and navigated her way through the industry, leading high-impact teams across North America and Europe. She is a respected voice on topics such as responsible, sustainable retail, merchandising excellence, and the store of the future. She recently played a critical role in the in Accenture's retail strategy group, where she was where she was responsible for consulting with fashion brands and retailers, providing insight on important topics such as speed to market, the future of retail operating models. Prior to joining Accenture, Lisa was based in London, where she was the buying director for Ralph Lauren, UK, Ireland, Scandinavia, and the Baltics. Fun fact about Lisa, she used to be the designer and designed all the bags for FIFA World Cup 2002. Lisa, welcome to our show today. Thank you for having me. Yes, you engaged me with that FIFA fact. Yeah, <laughs> sorry about that. And, and you know what? That that's actually a really cool fact. So, um, what kind of bags are we talking about here that you designed for the FIFA World Cup? And and where was it that year? I'm not a huge soccer fan. I was, um, oh my god, I can't even remember. <laughs> Who are you cheering for? Who's your team? You must be. Um, England, right? Yes. Well, because I'm British, I usually would cheer for England. So I would say England. Yeah. Yeah. You're British. I I couldn't sense the accent. Yeah. I've lived um, pretty much everywhere. Um, Back and forth, London, Toronto. I've lived in Vancouver. I've lived in the Congo. Wow. (laughs) Um, My family's from East Africa. So I would say I'm pretty well traveled. I would say so. And I'm glad that I got it all in before, you know, the pandemic. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. David, David does a pretty good English accent. David, do you oh, want really? to understand? <laughs> I don't. I don't. Oh. I've actually never done one before. So uh, thanks for throwing me on the spot there. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I'm super excited about today's topic. I know I've told you that in the past, Lisa. It's it's a topic that I hear discussed a lot um, because you know, in my opinion, despite COVID, the retail industry. Uh, has been in for a long overdue wake up call, I think, and, and shift yes. in, in how they do things. And, you know, I'm really looking forward to diving into that. So um, as uh, as our listeners heard uh, in Lisa's intro, she was uh, she has a wealth of knowledge in retail, but uh, we're going to focus specifically on the future of retail shopping and business in today's episode, uh, which is awesome. So um I guess we'll start with the first question. And so looking back before the pandemic, uh, what was the state of the retail world and how would you describe the rate at which they adapted to change mm-hmm. prior to uh, COVID-19? Well, the state of the the world, um, 
it from a retail perspective prior to COVID, I would say that a lot of retailers were dabbling in um, digitization, whether it was from a product creation perspective, but also from like the supply chain. So anything end to end, they were definitely um, looking at ways to digitize. Uh, sustainability was still top of mind, which I, I would say it is still top of mind. Um, as you know, the fashion industry is the biggest polluter um, right now. So, I mean, that's something that, um, you know, has enabled the sustainability to be on the forefront of a lot of retailers' minds. Um, but I would say the digital aspect um, has been accelerated due to COVID. Uh, a lot of the um, digitization processes, uh, whether it's, you know, while creating product using like 3D printing or a digital twin for marketing purposes, and then AR and VR, as well as uh, machine learning for um, optimizing product assortments. So I would say that the future is digital, but the future is also now. So you can see a lot of the brands moving towards um, online, <laughs> which is where most of us are shopping these days. Yeah. Do, do you think do you think there's a huge opportunity right now for for retailers to kind of get out ahead in front of this kind of in front of this but it's sort of like a need to do this right now is to partner up with digital agencies we're starting to see this in the news now where you have the likes of Ty Lopez who's a huge digital maven and he's now partnered up or he purchased stocks in Pier 1 Imports and now they're yeah. pushing Pier 1 completely digital and closing down all their shops. Is, is that a good play, do you say, would you say for, for retailers or or is it maybe good to still have that sort of escapism that people can have now in going to a shopping center and purchasing things and the touchy-feely stuff? Well, I think that's a pretty loaded question because uh, partnerships are absolutely the way forward. I mean, you look at um, Shopify, <laughs> Shopify partnering with TikTok um, yeah. the last few days. So I think that's a big shift to show us how retailers are uh, moving towards social shopping, which is something that I think they were a little bit wary of, um, you know, from Instagram Reels to now TikTok. So I think that um, the partnership aspect of uh, retail brands and partnering with technology or uh, fulfillment like Instacart or um, unlikely brands partnering together like um, 7-Eleven and I think Forever 21. <laughs> so I, I do think that partnerships, whether they're technology-based or fulfillment-based, are absolutely the way forward. Mm -hmm. um, you did mention shopping malls. So I think that's a, that's a good segue that we could talk about how uh, shopping malls are also shifting the way that they're thinking about the future. Um, whether it's offering more areas for curbside pickup um, or I think Brookfield is right now using the uh, save your spot um, technology where shoppers can actually save their spot in the retail store. So when they go shopping, they feel safe. Uh, safety is the number one concern uh, where shoppers are um, worried, of course, for uh, their safety with COVID-19. But um Sorry, you were going to say. I was going to say much <laughs> like, like a restaurant. No, no, it's all good. No, you're. It's much like a restaurant. It's crazy now that people actually have to make reservations to go shopping at a particular store or a shopping mall, right? Yeah. It's not that they have to. I think that giving them that option allows for that additional safety feature um, to save their spot in the shopping mall. I think people are still quite nervous to go into a mall. Um, I was at a mall the other day, and I have to say it was packed. Um, 
And it was, I think, at the Amazon Prime Day was the accelerator of that, where people just started shopping early because retailers started promoting early. Uh, they want you to shop early. They want you to get it all done because retailers may not be able to fulfill uh, delivery times because of the increase in um, shopping online. How can how can and, and you've, you're more you know nose to the ground on this type of stuff, but in terms of Forever Twenty One and 7-Eleven, how are, how, how are you seeing brands getting really creative and partnering up? Um, one of the things that, well, I haven't really seen how this could play out. I'm still a bit weary about this. Um, Amazon luxury. I think that's an interesting one where Oscar de la Renta is uh, featured as the luxury shopper, uh, luxury brand on Amazon. Um, but they haven't actually listed any others. This was, I think, announced back in September. I feel like if September was ages ago, uh, definitely last month. Um, so it's interesting, the partnerships that you'd never think of, like a luxury uh, brand par partnering with an Amazon, where luxury has been uh, one of the most um, apprehensive uh, type of uh, retailers to get online. Um, but I don't see a Gucci, <laughs> you know, suddenly being available on Amazon. But that being said, um, that's a good time to the resale market, how that's booming right now with um, ThreadUp and Poshmark. And of course, Ikea, they're opening their first uh, resale store um, in the first resale mall outside Stockholm. So I think that there's a lot of interesting things uh, happening in the future of retail. Yeah. And, and we've kind of talked a little bit um, so far about like shopping centers and, and, and actual physical stores. And so I'm curious to know, like, what, what are your thoughts on like, what will the role of a physical store be going forward, big and small? So like big, massive retailers like Ikea, as well as the mom and pop shops downtown, um, you know, Toronto or Oakville or wherever it is that you live. What, what, what kind of role should these stores be playing in the future? That's a great question. Um, the role of the retail store is it does need to evolve and it is evolving. Mm -hmm. um, I think you can look at it in a few different ways where uh, if we look at like your, your Targets, Walmarts, Costco's of the world, where they're gonna remain busy. Um, they are seen as a place of transaction. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you look at experiential retail, which is gonna bring um, those shoppers into the store, like even um, a, you know, a, a winner's, <laughs> for example. There's yeah. lineups outside the store because that experience is, that, is the treasure hunt experience. Um, you look at stores like Levi's, um, they're doing a lot for the digital shopper. And so is Nike, where they're, they're actually having the seamless touch point from online, uh, social shopping, and then in-store, using that customer data to personalize the experience as the customer walks in the store. Yeah. Um, the way that a small business could possibly use um, that experiential retail uh, to their advantage without you know, I know that they don't have the same uh, spending power as like a Levi's does, but um, localization is something that a small business really has to their advantage. They have that sense of community and neighborhood. They can rally. Um, they can actually speak to their customers and see what they want. So that's how they can optimize their assortment, um, offering curbside pickup, in-store pickup, uh, localized delivery, 
uh, I think there's a lot of ways that um, small and large retailers can uh, still enable that physical shopping experience for the customer, but also keeping in mind the safety around COVID. Yeah, and like it's it's so interesting to me because this is actually the, the the thing that I hear the most when this topic is discussed is that the shopping center, the physical store in the future is going to be more of, a, of an experience, right? So you're not necessarily yeah. going to go into the store and buy something, but you're going to go into the store so that you can see it, you can feel it, you can try it on and then potentially order it right there from a screen within the change room or go home and order it online, whatever it might be, but it's more of the experience. Yes. Because I, because for me, I mean, and I might be old school, but I, I don't enjoy shopping online especially <laughs> buying buying clothes. I, I, I don't like it because I want to see it. I want to feel it. Everything fits differently. And I find that right now, anyways, the the process of, uh, of returning things mm -hmm. online is terrible. I, I, yeah. I, I would actually rather get into my car, drive down to the <laughs> store and return it. I, I think it's, it's a better experience and it's easier. Right. Um, so, with the with that in mind, the whole experiential piece, how is that going to affect how many stores that these retailers have? Like, if if the the experience or the the role is really to go in and just kind of experience this feeling of what Nike is, and and that's it. Are, are there is there going to be a need for a hundred thousand Nike stores, or is there going to be less? I think that that there are going to be less stores. I think yeah. that the stores are going to be more localized. Uh, Nordstrom is a great example. They are closing their large format stores, not a lot of them, but they are closing some stores. But then they're opening these smaller local stores. Um, I think they just announced this week that they're opening two more. So they are absolutely growing. I believe that there is a space um, for that physical store. And when I talk about the experience in retail, it doesn't only mean how does how does the product make you feel? How does the store make you feel? But it also involves that um, the sales people, the, your frontline workers, them uh, upping their game to increase that level of customer service, which is also part of that experiential retail. So one of the things we talked about there a second ago, um, Lisa is, you know, the supporting small businesses versus the big box stores. And there's a huge push online, you know, support local, support small businesses. Mm -hmm. Psycho psychologically speaking, how effective do you think that is? Or do you think people are just naturally going to go to the big box stores because they're going to choose convenience over and cheaper price over anything else? Um, I think that a lot of people are choosing to support their small um, local businesses. Uh, you see that with um, small businesses partnering with other small businesses in terms of um, offering delivery solutions or um, offering that sense of community. I think that humans, we still need that. You know, we can't just sit at our computers and or on our phones and shop all day because that's not it's not a viable solution for us because we are humans and we do require some sort of physical, um, like you said, David, like you, you don't want to always just shop on, you don't actually don't like shop online at all. So, you know, you are my perfect customer because you are <laughs> going to come into my store. Yeah. But I do think that um, small businesses do have that advantage 
where they can rally um, to bring their communities together. Um, the sense of neighborhood, I think, is so important. And that just ties into um, what technology is doing to help these smaller retailers, like the Shopify's of the world, um, where they're allowing these small retailers to get online. They're using uh, fourth party fulfillment centers. So they do have the ability to um, you know, avoid the negotiating with the FedExes and the UPSs of the world or the Canada Post. Can, can you touch on that? What's fourth party? What do you mean by fourth party? Fourth party is um, so basically you go through like a Shopify, for example, um, and you don't have your own distribution center. So um, back in the day when I used to be a buyer for um, Clamonico, I had uh, NLS was my third party shipping distribution center. I didn't own that distribution center, but I owned a bit of this, like I had a bit of the space of that distribution center. Um, to avoid all that, Shopify has um, created a space where these small retailers can actually take advantage of um, a 3PL, like a third-party shipping, uh, without going to negotiate these, you know, big spaces or negotiating with a FedEx or et cetera. And now a word from our sponsors. Are you ready to have your local business stand out from the rest? Guelph Website Design is ready to apply their creativity and expertise for you after discussing your overall goals. To get down to the core of who you really are and what you're hoping your business achieves. Go on and check out guelphwebsitedesign.ca. They're only a call away. Who didn't have a Club Monaco sweatshirt? Like, we're like, <laughs> I hope on, you still do. David, <laughs> David, so we're aging ourselves now. Because <laughs> I know, right? I think it must have been probably the mid '90s to late '90s where I think every single person had a Club Monaco sweatshirt, Definitely. not hoodie, sweatshirt. It had to it be did. the crew neck, the round neck. Yeah. Iconic. Yes, they've <laughs> actually made a comeback um, for men anyway. Not so much really? for the women. But yeah, yeah, you can find them in store. <laughs> I think I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a hoodie. I'm gonna not a hoodie. Sorry, a sweatshirt. I'm gonna get. Yes. They, they, must, they have those classic ones, right? They do the gray, Heather Gray. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. And but they got to be like kind of vintage. It's got to have that vintage feel to it, yes, though, too, it right? Yes, it does. It does. I agree. Yeah. Because if I still had my Claude Monaco sweatshirt, for sure, I'd be wearing it like every yes. single weekend. I yes, you would rock that right now. I think for that sure. <laughs> um, the way people are shopping is so different, right? Like you want you want that comfort as well. Yeah. Like I mean, the the way people are um, buyers are projecting their categories, what they're selling. I mean, Nikes, Lululemons of the world. You know, you know, active wear, athleisure, comfort. <laughs> That's where yeah. we're headed. So yeah. definitely go get that Club Monaco sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jane. Nope. Yeah. I was going to uh, switch gears for a second and, yeah. um, and talk a little bit about because uh, we're heavily involved in the affiliate marketing space. So, you know, I think there's a lot of opportunity for, you know, entrepreneurs to, to start to take their shops and, and make them digital um, on a smaller scale. And, you know, the likes of Amazon have actually angered a lot of affiliates because of cutting back on those commission commission fees. The commission percentages have been cut back. Mm -hmm. um, so for like, do you see a lot of opportunities in that space for smaller retailers to open up affiliate programs to have maybe people online starting up online stores to support those brick and mortar stores? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you've um, recently learned about Walmart. And, you know, they have a marketplace similar to an Amazon, but they're partnering with Shopify to help those smaller retailers 
to help build up their brands because you know the Amazons of the world do take a lot a pretty large percentage. Um, just like you know with restaurants and Uber. <laughs> yeah. Wal like Walmart, Walmart's business. partnering. Walmart's trying to help the smaller businesses. Yeah, they are in their marketplace. So they have marketplace like an Amazon has marketplace um, where they they allow these smaller retailers to help them push their brands. So instead of opening your own store through, you know, a Wix platform or a DreamHost or whatever the case is, um, you're able to actually sell on a marketplace that maybe not is not as expensive as an Amazon. I haven't looked at all the costs, but I know that this partnership has happened, which I think is really good for for Walmart as well. It is. And like, cause, cause it's relatively new. I think I've been seeing a lot about it recently and reading it, reading up on it here and there, but mm -hmm. correct me if I'm wrong, historically for small businesses or startup companies that have, have a product, it's been tough to get yeah. into Walmart, like to get space. They've, they've basically been cutthroat. Right. Um, so it's really good to see that they're kind of making a platform for, for the small businesses and, and, giving them an opportunity to uh, to sell their products and actually make a decent yeah. amount, you know? Yeah, no, I think it's great. I think that that's why I do think that COVID has not only accelerated um, re retailers to get online and to have that seamless shopping experience across all channels, but I do think that retailers are rallying together as well mm. um, to support small business, um, to support those local brands, because I think that, shopping local just for me as on a personal level is so important like even if you look at grocery um you know you go to your local Loblaw or no frills or metro you'll always see that um they're pushing local produce uh because it is actually easier for us to go directly to a farm um and shop through like a country boys or a butcher box uh where we can actually get product directly from uh the source but grocery has stepped up their game and they are allowing um, a lot more local fresh vendors to um, advertise in their store and market in their stores. You're right. Like they have stepped up their game and a lot of businesses have, and, and we've talked, we've, we've spoken a lot about technology specifically so far in this episode of, of, you know, major retailers and even smaller retails making the shift over to the digital, which maybe they probably wouldn't have done so quickly without COVID. But, yeah. but even, even like digital aside, just like simple things like curbside pickup, for example, mm -hmm. for groceries, for, you know, buying shoes at, at sport check or whatever it might be like, that is not technology but you now look at it and you're like, how did that not exist before? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's standard now. Yeah. I mean, even um, the buy, buy online pickup in store, B-O-P-I-S is the acronym. So if you see it around, that's what I mean. Um, uh, that has, it, it's standard now. So what is not standard are the digital tools that are available for, let's say the sales team, your frontline to talk to, let's say your supply chain and understand how much inventory you actually have. And can you fulfill in store to save on that shipping costs from DC to, um, to customer. So there, there's a lot of ways um, that retailers can be more innovative, especially the small retailers without uh, investing so much in that digital technology. I mean, even um, connecting with their customer 
through FaceTime. Like there's, there's so many things that um, you can do with what you, what you already have existing. What uh, on, on the smaller scale, some of these smaller businesses that, that you're a customer of uh, Lisa, like what, where, what are maybe a f three of those things, two to three of those things that make those smaller businesses more successful than the others? What's going to help their longevity um, and what's going to help them help them survive through all of this? Um, I would say the number one thing is having that two-way communication with their customer. If you are small, you have the ability to reach your customer quickly, one-on-one, um, -on -one, either through a phone call or a video call. I mean, having that relationship with your customer is key and that's going to help them invest in you rather than shop at an Amazon, a Walmart, um, you know, those bigger brands. So I think that is, that relationship is key. Um, definitely having an online presence, I think is absolutely um, a must have. I think that if you don't have an online presence, um, I think that could kill you, <laughs> you know, um, digital is absolutely the way forward. And whether it's just to pre-shop and then go to the store and pick it up or just understand what the assortment is what, and the customer can give feedback. <clears throat> I think having that relationship with a customer is number one, mm -hmm. your key to success. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I love that because that's it. That's exactly what I do. I pre-shop online and then I go and I find it. And, and, and yeah. it's, it's <laughs> the greatest thing. So um, what, what we've spoken a lot about is you've mentioned quite a bit direct to consumer. And it's something we hear all the time is that brands are popping up that, that sell water bottles, for example. And rather than going to their local department stores or wherever and trying to get their product in there to sell it, they're just going direct to consumer with their water bottle. So with that being said, what do you think the role of the department store will be in the future? Do you think they will exist? Because yeah. if we're pushing direct to consumer, direct to consumer, there won't really be a need because ideally all of these smaller direct to consumer companies are going to be on digital and, and you'll be able to easily get their product. You won't need to go to Walmart. Yeah. Thoughts? That's, that's a great question. Uh, the role of the department store it allows it allows a customer to shop across brands, across product categories, where if you go directly to a DTC brand, let's say, um, I don't know, I can't even think of one right now, but <laughs> let's say you go direct to a DTC brand, you only have that brand uh, in your cart. Yeah. Um, if you go to a department store, you have choice. I think that's, that's the difference. And I also think... Um, a lot of customers are looking for um, not only the best price, but the fastest delivery. If you do go to a department store, they may be able to offer a lot more in, in terms of promotional activity, um, offering more sales, more discounts, uh, if that's what you're looking for. And of course, choice. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. So you don't think they're going anywhere? I don't think so. I think that they're evolving. Yeah. Um, I think when you go into a department store now, you're going to see a lot less people. You're going to see the social, uh, physical distancing. Um, you're going to see less product. Mm -hmm. 
because mm -hmm. I think that a lot of brands are, and they should, um, reduce the amount of SKUs that they have, have a tighter assortment, um, have things that are more seasonless so that you have less, um, less inventory. Um, I think that we're such big polluters in the retail industry. So I do think that because sustainability is on the forefront, um, I do see that happening um, where your you're buying less uh, for your uh, retailer or department store or whatever the case is. So I do think that department stores are not going anywhere, but I do think that they have to evolve just like any retailer. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Perfect. Well, Jade, did you have anything uh, that you wanted to wrap up with? Yeah, Lisa, if our audience has any questions for you, um, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? I would say LinkedIn um, would possibly be the best way. Um, I am launching uh, my retail consultant uh, practice, so all the information should be on there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yes, definitely connect with Lisa on LinkedIn. Uh, her and I are connections, and she puts out a ton of great content. So um, that's great. Lisa, we, we really appreciate you being on the show today. And uh, we end our show every single week with the same question, and that is, if you could choose one person, dead or alive, to represent your brand, who would it be and why? Ooh, that's good. <laughs> That's good. Um, I would say. Long gulp. Because <laughs> I have so many ideas right now. Yeah. Um, I would say, oh God, this is so hard. This is really hard. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I really want to say Coco Chanel because she's been an inspiration for my entire career. But um, yeah, let's go with Coco Chanel. I think that's a great, uh, great selection and, and <laughs> one we haven't had yet. So that is also okay. um, awesome. Well, thanks again for, for joining us today and we look forward to chatting with you again soon. Thanks for having me. Another great episode talking retail, man. Like, like I don't, I, I, you know, it's funny because retail is one of these things that um, I, I, one thing I hate about buying online is having the weight to get it. Yep. It's, it's, one of, it's one of the things I hate the most. I can't stand it. Even if it's, we have, I have Amazon Prime. Yeah. And I can get yeah. it next day. I agree. Like, but when you make that decision, like I want a new, I don't know, pair of shoes, you know, the ones that you want, you can get them on Amazon tomorrow, but you could also just drive down the street and get them now. Mm -hmm. And that, and I'm the same way. That's why I don't like shopping online because yeah, you got to wait a couple days and then, and really for me, like I said before, the return, how, what are your thoughts on returning things? Because to me, it's just seems like a freaking nightmare. Yeah, to be honest, I rarely, rarely, rarely out of everything I've bought and I've probably only returned maybe about 2% of everything I buy. And Even clothes? Like do you order clothes? Um, the thing is I typically don't buy clothes for myself. I rarely do. Chris, clothes for me is like uh, gifts for Christmas time and birthday. Like I just don't have... I don't know. Maybe it's just something I don't really prioritize or in, enjoy going out there and, and having an experience by trying on clothes, fitting clothes and all that type of stuff. But I'm also a terrible shopper. I am a, I'm the worst shopper. I'm an instinct buyer. So, you know, I, I, I go shopping and when I see something I want to get, I think I contemplate, I think should I buy it? I walk around the mall a little more, man, five hours later, I'm walking out with this $20 product. It's just, you know what I mean? It's just like, but I didn't even need it. At the end of the day, I just leaving there because I feel like I needed that day to be productive. So yeah. I'll buy something and I'll take it home, but I'll never use it. This happens too much. I'm self-aware that I'm a crappy shopper and I just don't shop if I don't need to. I shop out of necessity. So what are you going to do this holiday season? 
what have you done in the past? Have you gone like have you gone to a mall, uh, you know, a couple of days before Christmas, for example, and and bought all of your gifts? You ever and been if, to the, you ever been to the mall on December twenty fourth? Uh, not gonna lie, take a look at the no. demo. Um, demo. Yeah, uh, no doubt. Ninety five percent men. Yep. <laughs> Swear. Go yep. Just walk. Check it out. Yeah, right? I've never done it, but my dad does it every single year. It's crazy. I'm way more organized than that. Um, but. I still will go to the mall this year to shop. Mm. I still mm. will because it's those things that you don't know that you want to buy for somebody that you could only find if you're in a mall and in stores looking around like, oh, wow, look at that. That would be great for this person. And I was going to get them this, but this is way better. But you never would have known if you weren't there. Is, is a part of that has to do with because um, you I mean, you can simply browse online and Google things. Is it part of the experience as well as like that sort of hunt that you're looking for something and then you find something and, and there's some sort of sentimental um, appreciation to it because of the experience and finding it in this, you know, in the store? The hunt. Yes. The 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 sentimental. No, because it doesn't necessarily have to be sentimental, but you could be walking around a mall and find a store that you didn't know existed. So you wouldn't have known to go online and look for it, but yet the perfect gift for the perfect person was in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they would never know if you got it online or in the store. So why does that matter? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Like you could probably find that online is what I'm saying. You can do walk, window shopping can be but, done online. But I may not have known what I was looking for. Mm. Mm. Okay. I see you. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, food for thought, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, very good. But I'll tell you what, I will see you in the malls probably on December 23rd because by that time it's too late to online shop. So I have no choice but to go to the malls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing I'm hearing also with, with the final tip for today is get your Christmas shopping done like now. Cause apparently they're saying um, everything is going to sell out much sooner and quicker than in, in past years this year. So, Well, on that note, thank you all for listening in, watching, tuning in wherever you are. Don't forget to rate five stars, subscribe, and tell all of your friends. That would be much appreciated. Awesome. Thank you, everyone. And until next time, keep it in the fast lane. Ooh, not bad. <laughs> all right, we'll work with it.